Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. I have a special guest on my show. He is... uh, He's been with me before on the show uh, several times. I always love having him. This is uh, one of those mixed bags that I have on today. Uh, I have Jed with me, so Jed, say hello to everybody. Hey, how's everybody doing? And here's the mixed bag part of that. Jed has been a pastor for quite a while, and now he's going to be full-time, so he's going to be leaving the mission. So on one hand, as his friend and Work uh, co-worker. I am super happy that he is making this jump. He did it prayerfully, as he always does, and uh, they have told him they really want him to do it, and so God is moving him into full-time ministry. He was always in full-time ministry, mm-hmm. but now it's going to be at his local church. So I want to always congratulate him for that, but the other or flip side of that coin is that I'm going to miss him personally from being around the office and all the help that he does. He helps Eileen in the development department and does a, a fantastic job. And so we want to wish him farewell, but I'd like to hear his new story and what the mission has meant to him. So, Jed, tell us a little bit about uh, the background, how you came to the mission, and what's going on now. Well, a lot of people probably don't know that my first uh, interaction with the mission was actually in the program. I was a program graduate. I, I actually got saved in prison in 2002, and um, I had about eight months left and didn't really know what to do, considering um, all my life has been centered around people that did drugs, and I knew that I couldn't go back to those life the people of my life back then. So I was basically homeless. And so somebody had told me about the Union Gospel Mission. And so I came down. It took me a week to get in the program, but it was the best decision I ever made. I graduated the program and then um, I was there for a little bit, but then I ended up going back to my home area, which is Orangevale, California. But you were, you were, not going back as a drug addict or... No, no, I, I did. That was the cool thing is I went back. The program, the mission program really taught me how to, you know, it was a discipleship program. That's what it is today. Still has the pretty much the same heart that it did back then. And um, and really taught me how to, you know, trust in God and, and to lean on him and just follow him. And of course, I taught, it was taught the importance of church membership and um, being involved in church and not just being, you know, making that the center of your life. And so that's what I did. And I went back to Orangevale. I had, you know, I had a family that had a flower shop in Orangevale. And um, then the night that I left the mission, it was on a Saturday. So I went online and I basically just looked for a Calvary chapel that was near there. And lo and behold, there was one, you know, blocks away from the flower shop. And um, so I went there. It turns out to be a really small church. And um, I met the pastor and one of the male elders that that day, and uh, and I just you know walked up to them and just shared my testimony. And I said, if this is the place that the Lord wants me to be, I'm going to be more than just somebody who sits behind the pews. I'm actually going to serve. Well, let's stop there for a second <clears throat> because that's an interesting thing that you said. You said that you didn't want to just be somebody who sits behind the pews. 
And I absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. So what is the importance, uh, especially for somebody who is seeking to serve the Lord, not to be just a pew sitter? Well, it it's important because you're giving back to the Lord. I mean, you know, just think about if if you've truly been born again, you realize the the immense of what God has done for us oh, amen. by dying in our place and giving to us so that we could have life. Something that we we there's nothing that we could give for our salvation. It was given to us. Amen. And so, you know, just being able to give back in any way is is just a way of us saying thank you for what God has done for us, but it also it also gives you a place of purpose. It gives you a sense of purpose and belonging to the place that you fellowship at. And whenever you get back to people, you always get blessed in any form or way that you do it. And why not do it at your local church where you where, that you are a member of? You know, we, we often say that our church family, that's something that's pretty mm-hmm. common. You, yeah. I use it. Everybody uses it. But I don't think everybody really applies it the way it should be applied. Yeah. So what is the importance? Obviously, you and I are brothers in Christ in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. universal, right? Yeah. But what is the importance of a specific local church that you're a member of? Well, that's it's in, because, well, one, the Bible tells us to be, we should be, and it instructs us to do that. And it, it just, it gives you that sense of family. I mean, I, can, I run into Christians all the time, and I talk to them, and it almost feels like I've known them forever, but yeah. it's nothing like, you know, and it's not something that happens right away. I, I mean, I joined Calvary, it was Calvary Chapel, Folsom, Orangevale back then. Uh, we were in our old building. We were there for 20 years. And what years. is it now? It's Calvary Solid Ground. Okay. Uh, we lost our building in 2019, and we weren't sure, well, we were looking for property to move into, um, not sure if it was going to be Fair Oaks or Citrus Heights. So we needed to find a neutral name. So that's what we had prayed about, and the Lord led us to. If we so, wanted to go to your church, how would we find it? Well, the best place to do is just go to calvarysolidground.com, and mm-hmm. that's the, all the information about our churches there, our, our past messages, our meetings, everything is available there. Plus, the contact forms are there that if you want to call, you want to get a hold of me and ask me a question, you can at any at any time, all those emails go to my my cell phone, so I can answer them. You know, anytime that somebody contacts. Let me ask you something about, and this is in a broader context. Mm-hmm. Many people who are not churched feel intimidated to go to a church. Yeah. They don't know if they need to call ahead. If they need, yeah. Which I don't know of any churches like that, yeah. but. They feel that way, or that yeah, they they're going to walk through the door. They're not going to be dressed properly. Should they wear a tie? All those things are peripheral issues. So a new person is coming to your church. Are they going to be welcome? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's one of the things that are, that's u- been unique about our church ever since. When I first came in, I'll tell you that the first day that I walked into that church in 2004, um, not only was the pastor and the elder there and took a deep interest into who I was, wanted to know how I found out about the church, how I got there, but at the, you know, I went there for an, uh, we used to have an AM Bible study between nine and 10, and then 10, we had the regular church service. So there was only a few that showed up for the morning Bible study, and I got to really talk to them. But then during the church service, after the church service, I had at least four different couples come up and want to know who I was, why I was there, how I found out about the church, and wanted to hear my story, and it was really cool. And so we've kind of, we've kept that 
ever since, you know, and, you know, COVID was a huge thing for us as it was for all the churches. I mean, we, we rent a facility right now, so they basically closed the whole building off to us. And so we had to, we were meeting um, remotely inside a little office and um, we did the best that we could, but my associate pastor, Bob, who's with, you know, is my associate pastor right now, he really made an effort to go around and check on everybody. And we did the best that we could to stick together as a family would during a time of crisis. And since COVID, post-COVID, we've really become closer as a family. And one of the things that we've had that, um, yeah, um, and one of the things that we've had that's um, different than a lot of places is that we've had a lot of visitors coming to our church recently. And one of the reasons why I had to come on staff because several decide to call it their church home now. And so we're working all that out, you know, having more people every week. But one of the things that, that, it was funny. I, 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 our church also serves down at the Union Gospel Mission, and yeah, uh, I've heard of that place. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a chapel night, and we just recently, the first Saturday of the month is our chapel night, and um, there was an opening for the food serving night. So we just now we have acquired that, and because uh, we have enough people coming down from our church to do the chapel service and then serve the meal afterwards, and. What was really interesting is this last time we were there, just this a couple weeks ago, um, I was, you know, thinking about, um, I had actually taught that day too, and um, I was sitting there serving, oh no, it, was, it wasn't that night, it was actually the banquet night we just did. Okay. We just did the Valentine's Day banquet for the homeless, and I came down there with, you know, the rest of the development department, we were there um, hosting it. And uh, I was serving the meal, thinking about leaving, and I was really thinking about the reason why is because of a lot of people visiting church. You know, they come and they go and they visit. And I was looking and seeing the homeless people sitting out there eating their meal. And I I just really got an unction from the Lord that that, that the difference between um, us as a church and what the homeless people were was almost the same. We have a home. And that's what our church is. And we, we, we all are like family in that home. And we know each other. We know that if, if a family problem happens, we drop everything we're doing. And we yeah. know where our home is. And I really felt bad because I, I was envisioning the people that were coming to visit and not coming back. They don't have a church home. And they're a lot like those homeless people that they're that's coming right. to get a meal. Mm-hmm. But you look at them and they look, they look ragged. They don't have a home. They're dirty. And you can tell that they don't have a home. They've got a meal, they've got fed, but they just don't have a home. And that's, and that's the thing that, that we really uh, think that's important about church and being a member of a local church is you want to have a place that you call home. And whether it's our church or another good Bible teaching church, you need to find one. It's so important. And we, were, we would have never made it through um, a lot of the trials our church has been through especially even with me, even with the transition from me becoming pastor in 2021, that's can be difficult for people. And we were able to make it through it. And, and that, that really, to me, is the reason why you want to be a member of a local church. Well, what you're alluding to, you know, it was once said that stone walls do not a prison make. Mm-hmm. And four walls and a comfortable house do not a home make. Exactly. And to your point, even though the people at the Union Gospel Mission, they come pretty ragged. They come in off the street. Not all of them, but yeah. a, a vast majority of them come off the street, and things are pretty rough for them. 
We forget sometimes that there's the person who is by themselves who who really doesn't have a church family. And trust me, folks, there's nothing uh, ever anywhere in the Bible that talks about undercover Christians or Mm -hmm. people who are Lone Ranger uh, Christians. That doesn't work that way. I was just looking at your website, and it looks like a pretty nice website, and it gives you the times. And so I see that you have a Bible study, I guess, at 1025 on Sunday morning. No, no, that's 1230 p.m. Okay. Um, Oh, I guess that was just Hebrews 1025. Yeah, that was the the scripture. Okay, so you have a 1230 p.m. service on Sundays, and then Wednesday nights we have a 630 p.m., um, and Bible is anybody study. welcome to that? Oh yeah, okay, everybody good. is. We don't have childcare for Wednesday, but we don't. Really, we've had families show up with their kids, and they just they can hang out while we're doing the Bible study. And what's the Friday night thing? Well, we do a fellowship on Friday. That really started out of um, COVID when we were out of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, the during the summer of 2020, the church let us use the outside lawn, oh, and okay. so we started meeting outside just to have fellowship. And even after COVID, we just, it kind of evolved into being more of a house, a house fellowship. So on Fridays, what we do is we usually gather at my house or another friend of ours, another member of ours that lives in Folsom. And so it's usually just members that show up. You know, sure. we don't really, it's not anybody from the outside. No, it's, a, it's an in-house fellowship. Yeah. It, but if you show up on Sunday and you want fellowship, we'll give you our address there and you can come. We're not, we're not afraid to open our home. That's we really believe, Phyllis and I, uh, God provided a home for us that was uh, able to um, house quite a big group for, has a big living room in it. And uh, we decided in 20, it was like, I found out, we literally signed the paper for contract on that home. And it was a week later that Pastor Mike came to me and said he had to retire. His health <laughs> issues told him that. And so Phyllis and I looked at each other and knew that was the Lord. Because we had looked at that house and said, well, if they close the churches, you know, we'll have church in our home. That's just what we're going to do. And so we've opened our home on Fridays for the last uh, year, two, year and a half. And it's been such a blessing. I mean, because we get to know each other. Like I said, that it, we're a family. Um, our associate pastor, if you're new and you've been there for a few weeks, I'm sure he's invited you over to his house for for lunch or for dinner or something. It just that's the way we are at our church. So Well actually I know a few people that go to your church and I know that yours is a welcoming and a kind group of mm-hmm. people. And I really think that uh obviously you're gonna do well. You're already doing well at we it. Are. But you know, here's something that we need to think about. Jed knows this. You can't measure success on the numbers of no. people in your church, but you can measure it by the faithfulness of the members in the church. Are they faithful first to yeah. Christ? Mm-hmm. Are they are they those type of people that, what you said earlier, don't want to be pew setters? They want to be the ones that are involved. You don't come into a family and you just go into the bedroom at night and come out and go your merry way during the day. You're involved with your family. Exactly. Well, church families need to be involved yeah. with each other too, correct? Yes, they do. And so um, pastors need to love their congregations. You were never called to beat the sheep. No. 
you were called to shepherd the sheep, well, right? Well, Pastor Chuck Smith always says that, you know, the, the, that you, as pastors of Calvary Chapels, we should always uh, strive to have the best love and best failed sheep in the neighborhood, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we try to do. And we know that the Bible says that healthy, well, he said that, you know, the Bible teaches that healthy sheep beget more sheep. So, you know, we, we, we make an effort to study the scriptures uh, we don't we don't spend a lot of time. We don't spend our money on, you know, worship teams and, and you know, LED walls and smoke machines. But we do spend a, a good hour on Sunday studying the scriptures. We go verse by verse, chapter by chapter, you know, book by book, right through the Bible. And that's what we we feel like. That's the best model. Expository yeah, teaching because, yeah, is the way to all go. All the way from, I'm starting in Matthew right now. And we're going to go all the way through to Revelation, you know. On Wednesdays, we started in Genesis. We're in Numbers right now. We're going all the way through to Malachi. And when we're done, we just start back over again. Uh, we think that's the best thing. That way, I won't skip anything I need to talk about. And you people receive the full counsel of God. Do you do the hard ones, too? Yes. That... I'll, even, I'll even, I won't skip Song of Solomon when I get there. <laughs> but keep it for the evening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll be the adult Bible study, right? Yeah, yeah I just was talking to a friend of mine uh, who was asking me about First Peter chapter 3. Yeah. And you and I were talking yeah. a little bit about it. And that's one of those very problematic things that you can have three people from the same denomination and three separate answers. Yeah. Uh, I take a pretty orthodox view of those things. And yes, Jed and I are not of the same denomination. I happen to be uh, a Southern Baptist of the more conservative side of the Southern Baptist ledger. I I lean towards Al Mueller and his teachings. And uh, Jed is Calvary Chapel. Yeah, but I I have to I have to say that I am from the more conservative side of the Calvary chapels now. <laughs> we take a Chuck Smith side on everything and not because there there is there has been a split in Calvary Chapel. If well, you are more than that, but all I was really getting around to is the fact that I appreciate Jed. I appreciate his opinion. I appreciate uh, I've listened to many of his sermons. We have a Friday morning uh, in-house thing that we do at the mission. And there's a rotate, uh, rotation of pastors, and Jed is one of those guys mm-hmm. that has been doing that for a long time. I'm, I'm up this next month as well. But what I'm trying to get around to is there may be differences in some of the theological approaches, but truthfully, uh, we find mostly common ground when we're functioning. Well, I can, I can say that over the eight years that we've gotten to know each other pretty well, Pastor mm-hmm. Tim, I, I can say that we, we see eye to eye on, on more than probably 99% of, of theological things that a lot of people would think that we would have differences in. Yeah, you know? and, and I agree with that. And some of it's just semantics. You know, we sit there and talk, oh, we do believe the same thing. We just, we just use a different word for it. You know, it's yeah, funny. <laughs> and here's what Jed and I do. We find the common ground. Yep. And then if there's a dispute over something, we're not angry at each other. No. I'll tell him, well, this is how I see that. And he says, well, yeah, but I see it this way. And I, I really, truthfully, I have no problem with Jed's preaching. You know, he is an expositor in his teaching, and I agree with that. I think the Bible should be taught line by line, book by book. And even if I were to teach... Like on our Fridays, you can't you can't 
have a no. theme going. Yeah. So I will take one thing, but I teach line by line now. Exactly. That's what I started doing. I, I started doing Nehemiah, and it just didn't work out. It never it, works it didn't. out. It, I made it to chapter seven, and that was I know. I, I listened. I was there. <laughs> uh, for instance, uh, just as a, a spoiler alert, I'm I'm doing the woman at the well. Yeah. And uh, even my deacon said, I never looked at it that way. I said, well, well, there's a lot of facets to it, right? By, by the time this airs, I will have already taught on Friday yes. at the mission, and I'm going to yeah, be sharing. That's this Friday. It, well, yeah, it is, and I'm going to be and I'm going to be talking about. Um, you know, it's the title is going through through the wilderness, and mm-hmm. it's going to be talking about how trials have led me to where I am today. And so, yeah, you know, I I was listening to a contemporary radio station. Oh, it must have been this one, <laughs> and and uh, there was a song on there that said I didn't listen to the whole song, but it said God bless the broken road that brought me here to you, and in a way. I absolutely agree with the fact that in our lives there are a ton of broken roads. Mm -hmm. And those things, if we were to go back and say, well, you know, I don't see how that was edifying. It may not have been edifying or glorifying to God at the time, but his ultimate plan sometimes takes us through a pretty nasty road. And yours was no exception. And really, truthfully, mine was not either. No. Uh, that differs in some ways. But, you know, the heart of man is is deceitfully wicked, and we can fool ourselves into thinking we're really okay, right? Yeah. But the more we're walking with Christ, the more we see how okay we're not, right? Yeah. And I, and Bad grammar, but— and Well, and that's what, you know, when, when Paul was talking about the thorn in his flesh, that's exactly what he was referring to, was yeah. that, you know— because he had, you know, the full. Because God had given him such a prominent position in the church yep. that he needed something to remind him who he was, and that's uh, what that was. Is called. that a is that a problem for pastors? Uh, it shouldn't be, but can it be? Oh yeah, it can be. You know, uh, there's a guy at Liberty University that always said, you know, here's what you do: you take all the good things that your parishioners say about you. And you take all the bad things and you throw them both out <laughs> and yeah. forget about it. Yeah. Because if you listen to the good things, you get puffed up. And if you listen to all the bad things, you're going to get discouraged. Yep. You can do a 50-minute sermon and the email you'll get is on the 10 seconds you said something somebody didn't yeah. agree with. So, yeah. But you can't let that discourage no, you, No, you? you can't. So at any rate, all I'm trying to say is we have a commonality, and that commonality is the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I have even spoken at uh, one of the Calvary Chapel uh, when they had a bunch uh, of fellowships. Pas- it was a pastor's fellowship. Yeah. We haven't done that in a while. i got to ask. And they knew anything. there were certain differences, and we talked about it, but I loved these guys, and they were kind to me, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Jed was there, and— well, we, I, I can tell you that all those churches that were there support you, support the mission in Amen. one way or another. We're down to one minute, but I okay. want you to stay over because yep. Jed's going to be on next week with me too. Yep. So in closing, uh, just make the people come back next week. <laughs> yeah, hear the rest of the story. Here's the rest of the story, yeah, yeah, because he has quite a story. And that story, the best thing about it is, as long as a believer is walking with Christ— that story 
hasn't got an ending yet. So as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.